now it's time for the nighttime show with Stephen Kramer Glickman. I'm your guest announcer, Sean, the angry hero Merrick. And your head writer is Matt Walker. Also on the show this week, it is our guest. He is the whole fucking show. It's Rob Van Dam. I'm doing the hand signals. And now for your host, hailing from parts unknown, which parts we don't know, it's Steven Kramer Glickman! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, we've got a, a, a wonderful, uh, action-packed episode today. Uh, Rob Van Dam is here. Rob, thank you so much for being here there, pally boy. Dude, uh, is that my cue? That's you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Glad to be here. You got, got me out of the house. It doesn't happen often. I can't believe we got you out and you're here and, uh, and you look terrific. Thanks, um, dude. You look terrific. Oh, I look like a pile of dicks, so but I appreciate it. What we just learned is that no Rob Van Dam's vision has been impaired by his many years of wrestling. Yes. I think you absolutely. look terrific. Uh, and Rob, uh, Rob, you have uh, your, uh, your beautiful lady is here. She's a, a lovely, a lovely. Yes, Katie listen. Forbes, my beautiful girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Hi, baby. Can we talk about you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you related to Forbes magazine? No, I wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not related to Forbes magazine no. for those. Of well, you but come on. I mean, just like when people ask me uh, if I'm related to Jean Claude Van Damme, I say. Yeah. Aren't we all related through Adam and Eve? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. We're all kind of related. Cousins. I, Let's go take a DNA all, test right now. I, I, I would ask if you were related to Hoover Dam. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> uh, Rob, uh, how did you start out? Where, where did you grow up? Where did you I, grow up? I grew up in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Did oh. my whole everything there. Uh, didn't leave till I was... Mm, yeah, I don't know. After I guess I was eighteen ish. Sure, nineteen. Yeah, Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a tough place. It's a, uh, it, but it's not tough. as tough as the, the 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 name sounds. Like I didn't. I remember learning in school because we take it for granted. But sure. I remember one of the teachers told all of us. The kids in all the other, uh, you know, towns, when they hear Battle Creek, you know what that sounds like to them? Yeah. yeah. And we, it, we you know, didn't even realize it. It's like, well, I guess, football team. I guess that does. Yeah. 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 Well, so, and that's the home of Kellogg's, right? Uh, Originally? Rob Van Dam and Kellogg's, as far as I know, are the only two things <laughs> that have <laughs> ever come out of Battle out of, Creek, Michigan. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that Kellogg's was in Kellogg, Michigan. You were, in my head, in my head, I was just like, "That's that because was- you're silly, Sean." Yeah, Sean, pull it together. No sense. <laughs> so- but it's actually it's the cereal city, and it's known for Kellogg's. But right across the street is Post. Nobody talks about Post and General Mills too. But, really, uh, it's all about. It's all, I don't know how they got the monopoly on the gossip. Yeah, but you're only allowed to talk about Kellogg's. <laughs> they got they got the gossip and the the so, serial uh, gossip. Did you yeah. did you grow up being a big wrestling fan as a kid? Um, I did at a certain age, you know, like I resisted it. Uh, as we all as kids, you choose what adults you listen to. Yeah, they, you know, I like that. They sound smart. They say wrestling's stupid. I'm gonna. I'm going to go it ahead and fo- follow theirs. <laughs> hey, now. Yeah, I, it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, I, I'm a huge fan, I, but it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, why I'm not doing it a whole lot right now, <laughs> because uh, um, I've just had enough for... I've done a, 
mm-hmm. over 25 years and it's just uh it's cool but i also enjoy not doing it and yeah. being home I, and doing, I don't know it's if, consuming i don't know if stupid is the right word for it. i mean it's a, a, a form of entertainment and it's, it certainly uh, is and yes. it's action it's action-packed if and i with, crack sean over the head with one of these chairs and say <laughs> how do you feel he's probably going to say stupid because i lost all my brain cells yeah. well just like a lot of uh you know just uh, you know, like it, it's uh, those. I mean, just a extraordinary thing. Like I went and saw. Holy uh, crap! What's uh, going on? Sean's uh, mic just fell out, and uh, my mic's been gimmicked. It's <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we went. Uh, I went to go see uh, uh, wrestling. Uh, went to go see wrestling just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, with my cousin down in uh, like downtown LA at the Forum, and it was oh. ins- it was insane. Just mm-hmm. watching like. Because like watching it as a kid and watching Hulk Hogan and guys like that, like as a kid, like Ultimate Warrior and stuff, sure. and then you know, and, and like being like, oh my god, this is fascinating. Like watching those guys, it was so crazy when I was a kid. But then as an adult, going and watching it, you're like, just the amount of work that goes into putting on a show like that and building characters that uh, and backstories and uh, and the drama that they that they have to play out to like make it all feel you know legit as legit as possible like that's it's insane it's a it's a lot it's a lot of work it seems like a lot of work stupid it's insane (laughs) what do you got to say matt I think it's fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, yeah. you know, as far as all that goes, it's more or less just tapping into the moment, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't have to pretend that you're feeling getting slammed on your back because you are. Mm-hmm. You, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah completely. So for me, it's always been like, you know, like actually exploiting that that feeling the the moment that pain whatever it is yeah. right um and so you know maybe not quite as much uh, uh acting as people yeah. would think when it comes to that the storylines the drama that's a big part of the draw that's what a lot of fans like and that is what suckered me in uh as a kid you know so i got into the storyline and uh but as uh as RVD, it's always, you know, it just as an artist, as uh, whatever. From my perspective, it's always been my least favorite part is like, I'm going to wrestle Stephen Kramer Glickman tonight. Uh, oh, nice. Cool. We're going to get hey, tickets. No, you wait. guys have seen Stephen Kramer. You know his moves. Yeah. You guys have seen what he's done <laughs> week after week, right? And you guys know what I bring to the table. This is going to be a great match. So for me, um, I enjoy getting in the ring and showing off that part. But um, I, I never really um, ever got into the, uh, okay, let me pretend uh, that I hate you. So I oh, when I get my hands on you, Stephen Kramer Glickman, yeah. I'm going to rip you up. I mean, that's that's never been me. You've been a really good brother. <laughs> I know that's what's fun for yeah. a lot of fans and stuff, but for yeah. me, I'm like, dude, I just want to show off. Well, that's why I remember you're on TV all the time. You would always just be like, I'm the best, and I'm just going to beat everybody, and I'm just going to you know, show my moves. And, and I back it up. It backs it up. It makes me the yeah. whole fucking show. That's right. Yeah. right. So how did you get your start in the wrestling business? Like, you... Independently wrestling is that where you started, or? Well, I actually paid a tuition and uh, went to a wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Got trained by a professional, and you were uh, trained by the the original Sheik. Yes, sir. Okay, um, right. one Come of the on. myself and Sabu, mm-hmm. um, probably the only products of the original Sheik um, that are you know that are out there. At least they can mm-hmm. say we're like his direct lineage um mm-hmm. although the sheik he had a hand in everybody's career because way he was a top 
box office attraction in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Uh, a lot of newer fans will get the name Sheik mixed up with the Iron Sheik, of yeah. course, which sure, yeah. original, right. original Sheik always told me the Iron Sheik uh, ripped him off. But um, he used to, um, he, way back in the day, he helped a lot of wrestlers start, you know, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Mm -hmm. and uh, He's got stories of everyone. He's got stories. Yeah. Uh, he would tell me of Vince McMahon when he was a little snot-nosed brat. Mm -hmm. That's that's what the, the Sheik said. And uh, he used to tell me these stories, and uh, we'd, we were like family. Like, we'd train in the ring, and we'd hear stories while we were uh, having dinner. His wife, Joyce, would uh, put a big plate of food, and it was, uh, it was a really intimate experience. So it wasn't like a wrestling college for right. someone on the yeah. outside trying to imagine you know dormitories <laughs> and it was like yeah. uh five or six uh you know uh, at the most uh mm -hmm. of us students yeah. wow. now i'm just thinking yeah. about wrestling you and just a bunch of like yeah. you know dudes well it's like that now camp. kind of like with the wwe yeah yeah and there was ohio valley wrestling mm -hmm. uh, before mm -hmm. that and it was kind of these farming territories uh, WCW was the first the power plant. There you go, dude. You know your yeah. stuff. Well, I was gonna actually gonna say uh, he's so, a big wrestling fan. I see. Oh that. yeah. Well, he, well, so this this is the can I give you a little backstory? Please. About, so Stephen called the, the night before we're taping this. Stephen calls me at like ten o'clock at night, and he's like, "Hey man, so like I'm talking. We're talking to Rob Van Dam tomorrow, and like Stephen knows I'm a wrestling guy, so he's like, "Hey man, you want to like come and like." You know, and he's like, you want to come to the show? And I was like, do you need me to tape it? Because that's, you know, something that's a thing mm -hmm. I do is tape podcasts. And he's like, no, I want you to be on it. And I was like, oh, I got the call because <laughs> I am a wrestling guy. Ah, and so, yes. and I will, I will, uh, I will exemplify my wrestlingness here by Please. saying, uh, so I was saying that you started out uh, wrestling in Memphis, a very classic territory, I believe, mm -hmm. USWA. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, been wrestling about twelve, about a year before I went there, which mm -hmm. barely counts. But, my, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, it was my first matches. Um, Who was it. your first match against? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, of course, but you wouldn't you wouldn't know him. He's okay. not in the business anymore. And I came in really slowly, like through um, kickboxing exhibitions, because mm -hmm. I was uh, a kickboxer. I was uh, before uh, I got into wrestling. I got into kickboxing because I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to get into the ring. But okay. then once, uh, years later, when I actually got in uh, with the Sheik, yeah. I had all this um, experience in the ring already going for me. And I wrestled without being trained, you know, mm -hmm. like a lot of backyard, I guess, guys yeah. do. But um, so um, that I got in through through that. Like we, me and uh, this, uh, his name is Dango Nguyen. Or when, if you want mm -hmm. to pronounce it. Right. Right. And um, we had like a kickboxing match that got a little dirty. We threw the gloves off, rolling around on the ground. <laughs> big smiles, big running. Everyone comes in. And those were the first couple mm -hmm. of matches. My first one was in Toledo, Ohio in uh, 1990. Yeah. Nice. What was your gimmick when you went into that? Did you have a gimmick? Um, you know, I, had, I was a kickboxer, so mm -hmm. I wore the kickboxing stuff. But um, I was taught, I mean, obviously old school, which yeah, yeah. barely exists anymore yeah. uh, I, was, I was having that conversation with katie on the way up here because katie also wrestles yeah uh and um she is uh, just uh you know a few years in so i'm always uh sharing with her you know <laughs> whatever she yeah. can whatever she can get out of me um it's not like no we don't wrestle each other why does everybody <laughs> wonder that <God. laughs> oh. uh, whoa earthquake not the wrestler, uh, but the actual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but it, so the the old school, um, 
it, it, it was like uh, it was so different uh, than it is now, and I really can't remember where the fuck I was going with the old. Oh, we're just talking about you if know, you're the officiant, if you're well, here, I'm, here. I'm gonna bring us back. I'm gonna bring us back. So you're well, actually one of your very first appearances in pro wrestling was on a segment with Ted DiBiase. Where you true that that was before I was even met the, before I even met the Sheik yeah before we even met the Sheik uh, a young Rob Van Dam probably before I'd been in the ring kickboxing too I believe yeah huh? yeah this is way how old were you how old were you okay what year do you know tell me aficionado <laughs> <laughs> okay okay I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it had to be 1987 so let me explain Steven do you know please. do you know this so please uh, the million dollar man Teddy Biasi came to the WWF. And he would okay. Well, he would go out and humiliate. Like they would bring up somebody from the audience, and he would humiliate them somehow for like saying, "Hey, I'm gonna give you a bunch of this money if you bounce this basketball." And then you know, ten times, and then he would kick the basketball away at the ninth time, and everybody would boo him. To a little kid. To a little kid. <laughs> yeah, mind you, to, mind you, to a little kid. So one time, one time, so one time, a very memorable thing is that Rob Van Dam. Uh, so Rob Van Dam was called out of the audience by Teddy Biasi. He said, "I'll give." And you can please fill in the holes here. I'll give X amount of money to somebody who comes out here and kisses my bare feet. And I went out there and I licked him clean. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I was wow. just a kid with, you know, just he pointed to the audience and I just jumped the guardrail, went in. I was so excited because yeah. at that point, um, I already knew that I was going to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> My very first live show, the seed was planted, and this was within a year or two, I guess, of my first live show. It was very early on. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, the, the thing, Stephen, that he was known for, the Million Dollar Man, Ted mm-hmm. DiBiase, was he wanted to prove everybody ha- has a price. Sure. Right? So, he, you know, he'd be like, uh, dude, uh, He'd cut in the big in the line in front of everybody, like at the at that emergency room. Go there. I need a band aid. And the lady's like, well, "Sir, uh, you know you have to." There's a lot of people here, and he go, "Virgil and his bodyguard will lay a hundred dollars." I just say. Or the other one was when he uh, goes to the public pool, and he's just like, "I want to like sit by a public pool alone," and then he just pays. The people running the pool to kick everybody out, like all these kids having a good time, just so we could sit at a public pool. And, and it's a negotiation every time. You can yeah. say no, I can't. Uh, no, I really shouldn't. Fuck. All right, I guess I'll do it. And, and wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. As, as much of a fan as I was, you know, glued to the TV at that time watching it, I lost my senses. And uh, he said. Uh, I'll give you $100 to kiss my hot, stinky, sweaty foot. I don't even think he finished his sentence. When I was dying. <laughs> right. yeah. wow. he, already, he already got four toes in his mouth. I could have got like $500 for that. <laughs> Holy crap, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you were, so that, I mean, like once you're up there on, you know, you know, in front of everybody, did it, did, did it kind of, kick in that you're like this is what this is where i gotta be I already or did knew. you already know? i already knew you that already knew. yeah um when i would go to the live shows uh me and my buddy the same same guy dango uh Nguyen, we both started we did everything together he was my best friend since like sixth grade we would go to these live shows the it was wwf then and a, and afterwards when everyone's leaving uh sometimes we would like jump the guardrail we're gonna get kicked out anyway we jump into the ring and like do a backflip off the top rope mm-hmm. and and then you you know, Man, those were different. Those, we were, those were different times back then. Yeah, <laughs> you could do that. We'd get tased. No. Oh yeah, now now they'll sue you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now that's that's the thing they're 100 percent doing. Different times for sure. Mm. So wow. in your early days, you you started off. You go to Memphis. You're wrestling down there for a bit. Uh, when do you get the call ups to? I think WCW was your first shot at sort of like the big leagues, right? Um. Yeah. Um. WCW. I was there from December of '92 till May of '93, mm-hmm. and um. I was. I was so young and green that when I look back, it's hard to even remember a lot yeah. of it. Like people want to ask me, um, you know, what was so-and-so like back then? What was it like working with this guy? And I was like, dude, I was so green. Like my yeah. perspective back then, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't mm-hmm. have uh, translated, you know, too yeah. good right now. But yeah. um, did you that have was, that a was, persona then that uh, was sort of what I became did. RVE no, that we know? No, actually, I had been, Ron Slinker was a wrestling promoter mm-hmm. in Florida that yeah. uh, he, he's the one that donned me, Rob Von Dom, is, mm-hmm. did I use Don correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And then, um, and then this, uh, Ron Slinker was the one, he gave me the name in 91, in uh, November 91, and then um, I'm in WCW in uh december 92 so and you're about, you're about a year v. later they because bill watts was the mm-hmm. the boss he didn't want to call me rob van dam mm-hmm. uh because uh, why would you want to be confused with this uh with well, a movie star well, why not he's the muscles from brussels he's like he was, he was he was a big deal at the time so yeah. robbie v stood for you know van dam and mm-hmm. but at that time and uh this was Whoa! It's an awesome full circle. I remembered where I was, where I was, when we were talking about old school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I was brought in, I was brought in uh, with the knowledge of uh, I'm just going to get as much exp- not WCW, but mm-hmm. when I first started wrestling, get as much experience as I can. Uh, you know, g- get my uh, name out, not my yeah. name, but you know, get get to networking and knowing as many promoters to get just more work. learn. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they called me. So when I started yeah. out, you know, I could have been anything. I wrestled for Else Knows promotion right, right i was an international patriot there or uh no i was a flying tiger there i was an international patriot in detroit i at different times you know like you said robbie v before that i was yeah, yeah. uh rod zat or mm-hmm. rob uh sometimes in like in south atlantic wrestling i took a few letters out of my shoot last name and uh you know they called me rob zikowski and then sometimes <laughs> robbie z whatever mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter uh if they called me you know um steven kramer glickman (laughs) (laughs) i was just there to learn and even when i got the name uh of rob van dam it wasn't you know like dude i'm gonna be that permanently for the rest of my life i was just like really yeah all right yeah we should jump ahead real quick to uh ecw because i got a question so you're with wcw for about five six months then what happens? They're just like, we don't need you anymore? No, actually, um, this first territory in 1991 that we're talking about, Memphis, they have this formula, like a machine, where they bring in new talent and they go through this, okay, uh, you know, you you guys, uh, you're going to wrestle a single wrestler and then this guy helps you, now you're going to tag next week and it builds up and then they get rid and then they don't need you You, anymore. You ran your course. They have in in ten. Tennessee, my very first territory when I'd only been wrestling a year. Every territory and every promotion since then, it's always been my decision Mm -hmm. when I left. In WCW, I hated the travel. Mm -hmm. Um, They were only paying me $150 uh, to do 
the what we called house shows, yeah. right. the televised shows, they would actually dock you fifty dollars because you're on TV. So you get, <laughs> yeah. I get a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. So if I was working four times a week, yeah. you know, add that up, I might, you know, I might make like five hundred fifty dollars or something. Mm-hmm. And out of that, I'm responsible for my own travel, hotel, yeah. everything. Yeah. Wow. So I hated it, even as a young green kid. And and so I never signed with them. Uh, Michael, Mike Graham mm-hmm. was the agent. Yeah. He kept giving me the contract, and then I would just like toss it, you know. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he'd say, "Hey, you know, did did you get that a chance to sign the contract yet?" And I'd say, "Oh, I'll bring it next week." And I kept doing that, and eventually, he would give me another contract, and I still have them unsigned. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I it's just like, left. it's like a phone book, just hold yeah. it up one of your things. Hey. What are you What are you drinking over there, Stephen? Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the show with mm-hmm. with that loud sip. But I'm uh, drinking Fireball whiskey, the greatest whiskey in the history of the world. Um, I, I agree. I love Fireball whiskey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can share some with you guys if you guys want some. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I always bring Fireball whiskey because it's an instant party. It's where the party gets started, and it's it's sometimes where the party ends. Because mm-hmm. you drink it until you're just, you know, flying high, flying high, and and hanging tough. Yeah, uh, you know, like like if you're in a boy band. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Here, you got you take a shot. Okay, take, there you go. Whoa, <sighs> hey, oh, that's good stuff. That's so <sighs> good, right? Hey, Glazer, oh. you you take yeah. a shot. Take one. T- take a shot. <sighs> oh, it even it helped my sunburn. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, I feel great. Is, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. There's nothing better for a good afternoon than a shot of fireball whiskey. The greatest thing to come out of Canada since me. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. Just so then WCW ends. What so do you many. do next? So I knew I was going to be better off not being there, just going mm-hmm. back to the uh, independent scene mm-hmm. where I, I was actually making Make more, more money, money yeah. more in charge. And, well, you could name your price out was, there, you know. You well, tell- not, I mean, when I was, you know. Well, not, you're young, though. Yeah, yeah, dude, I was super young, and I was still making a name for myself, obviously. But um, I, when I left there, I was actually a partner with Greg Price, um, a promoter that, from South Atlantic, and right. he and I would run shows, which I walked into like an on, like an already set up operation. My part was easy, and mm-hmm. I would sell sponsorships to the show, and then um, I would and and uh, I would go to the schools and everything, and it yeah. was it was I was making so much more money. Um, and mm-hmm. I, so you're just kind of no, like the face of it. No you didn't regrets. Really, yeah. No, I actually did. Okay, say we're raising money. Um, we're in Brunswick, Georgia, raising yeah, yeah. money for the the Dare program, right? Yeah. Um, um, so uh, a, a police officer, um, a different one every day, would have to go with me around town to all of their places that, they, that they're friendly with, the businesses, yeah. and I go and sell them ads to the souvenir program, right. to sponsor kids to go, uh, all this. And, and nobody knew that 25% of it was going into my pocket. Yeah. Um, they mm-hmm. probably knew that I was out there um, – warming up in the in the police parking lot before i went in i i think back like that and how did i not reek like i would be in the parking lot like i still got five minutes i'm supposed to meet somebody pack another bowl in the yeah i'd go right yeah and not not even spray or anything i go like right into the cop shop 
and then I into yeah. a cop car. They take me around town nice. for you know a month or six weeks before the show. So by the time we do the show, yeah. everybody in town knows yeah. me. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna sell all the most merchandise. So I got tables yeah. of everything, videotapes, pictures, uh, foam, you know, nunchucks, throwing stars. Oh, you got, you got nunchucks as a part of business your... uh, to no just to sell. Wait, like, but autograph like, but, them. Oh wow, foam, oh, wait, so foam just nunchucks, like random, like, merchandise. You, you... I'd go and buy all this merchandise and, re, and for real cheap. And resell it. That was part Where of my. Where do you get cheap nunchucks? Um, oh, you can get some cheap nunchucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're foam, yeah. but they're oh, foam. Oh, foam okay. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Plastic. Yeah, it's just funny hearing about RVD four twenty <laughs> sponsoring the Dare program. Am I the only one that hits the table with their legs like and, and causes <laughs> no, that noise? Ever? No, no, okay. no, no. It's fine. It's fine. So, uh, how did you make the gap then from that into ECW? Because that's sort of like your next big sort of organization to be with well actually um that's the way that uh that's the way that most of the reports say but in uh before i even went to wcw Mm -hmm. i had uh an uh, a booking Mm -hmm. coming up for all japan pro wrestling okay yes so uh during the wcw run i went and i hit that booking and i got over huge and then i had um, a job for life with with giant baba in all japan yeah and then by the way now and now i'm going from making um you know a hundred dollars a match or whatever to I think I started at um, like two grand a week or something, yeah. and it was just. Do you like, find that Japanese crowds care more about the in-ring stuff as opposed to the storylines? Oh, for sure, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I, I preferred that style, mm-hmm. and um, I hated the the road life. Mm-hmm. You know, ten hour bus rides, and yeah. I wasn't into the the food. I mean, the longer I was there, um, the more I liked it. You know what I mean? But right. now, when I go back, I go back as a big star. One one yeah. shot, I'm the I'm the star, and I and I can afford to eat um, yakiniku. <laughs> <laughs> when you first go over there, uh, traditionally, you know, when, and when you're young and green you, the idea is to try to spend as little as possible mm-hmm. and you're blown away by the fact that um that you know like a, a can of coke you know would be like three dollars or something <laughs> like, what but, uh, well, stadium speak, prices. Well, speaking yeah. of the japanese food did you ever I'm, I'm assuming you did maybe but maybe you didn't did you ever go to the ribera steakhouse of course what, what is it like is it good uh it's it's good it's good i don't it, it, the, the the it's yeah, it's good. I don't think people go there for the quality of the steak necessarily. So it's kind of like uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but like you just go there for the ambiance because it's, it's such an iconic restaurant. Well, I mean, for wrestlers. It, my first tour, I went there, and everyone, you know, you you want that Ribera's jacket, you mm-hmm. know, at that at that part to show that hey, I wrestle in Japan. Look, cause, <laughs> and they gave them to the wrestlers. And my first time, the boss was like, um. Maybe next time I give you one, so we got to work <laughs> in a little bit. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect lead-in uh, to our uh, our new sponsor. Oh, I thought uh, you were bringing this me show a steak. is sponsored by Ribera Steakhouse. Yes, uh, the greatest steakhouse <laughs> with pretty okay steak. They, they, I'm glad you said that. They were thinking <laughs> they were thinking it was Coca-Cola because I mentioned having a Coke. I don't even drink Coke. Dude. Ribera Steakhouse. Our motto is uh, Black Angus is better. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, now, who else? Uh, who else were you wrestling with at the time? Like, who else was in your class of oh guys that you were you were hanging? So many, with? so many of them have uh, passed on from yeah. the original oh. crew. Yeah, but so full time on the bus was um, 
Stan Hansen, Johnny Ace, both both still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Furness, um, Danny Crawford. Um, the Ben Peacock was like a Kamala the second, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he ended up being more of a rotator like me. The the guys, these other guys that I mentioned, be there every single tour. Also, Doctor Death, Steve Williams, Steve Williams, yeah, Gary Albright. Once he came over from UWF. Um, and uh, they would be on every single tour. So we'd be over there on this, this what I thought was you know pretty challenging travel of long bus rides, sometimes a ferry boat, and then another bus ride, yeah. and s- tiny little beds. Anyway, uh, I I didn't want to be there that much. You know what I mean? So after my first tour, I waited a whole year, and then did the next one. I I like the February tour because it's 15 days. That's the shortest one. Yeah. Uh, some those guys they'd be over there four or five weeks on that, and of course the matches were way way more physical yeah. than. Yeah, were they doing uh, a lot else. of the the hardcore wrestling then? Like no, you heard about the Japanese death match, You know where there's like yeah yeah that was FMW that was doing okay. all that. All Japan is is so traditional. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, I never did interviews. There was very, very seldomly any kind of... They did whatever on their TV show, a couple of interviews, but it was all about the wrestling and the yeah. storylines were in the wrestling. Super hard hitting too. And it wasn't... There wasn't even characters that much. Yeah. I mean, there was Dale Wilkes, the Patriot wore a mask. Uh, he was the only one I can remember with a mask, the Blackhearts, but they didn't last. Mm-hmm. But um, Kamala painted his face and, and, and that made them stand out. It wasn't about uh, cartoon characters. It was, it was actual... And it was so, it was actually really competitive too, by the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Like, like people, wrestlers and uh, fans, and, and, and they're fascinated when I tell them. It was like Sabu and I, um, when, once he came over to All Japan, because he worked for New Japan, mm-hmm. FMW, when he was my partner, we would have these conversations beforehand if we're wrestling another tag team, like uh, Akiyama and Amori. Yeah, yeah. And we know that they're going to try to make themselves look good mm-hmm. and make us look bad, and we're going to try and do the same things. And we really are jockeying for that position uh, to get the tag team titles. And so Sabu and I would have these conversations. Sabu would be like, you know, keep him in our corner um, as much as possible. Let's do a bunch of quick tags and try and blow them up, you know, get them yeah. winded. And uh, anytime you see one of them cover one of us, you know, let's, let's come in and make the save and and it was it was it was uh we were literally um you know competing to get ahead like that and it's so that's so different and then how people want to perceive it as mm-hmm. if we're handed like a, a script like a movie <laughs> yeah. and sure. we're going through it you know and rob van dam uh, runs into the <laughs> rope you know that yeah. it's so not like that and, and people yeah. unfortunately for I say unfortunately for, but whatever, it is what it is. But um, people like me that have been in it for so long, we've seen like the when the curtain got, um, you know, jerked and, and everyone's looking into it, yeah. it gets it gets overexposed in a false way to where all the fans think that we're all just friends, that we all were just playing, and every fan thinks that they could they could be a writer better than the writers on TV. Mm-hmm. Right. They could run yeah. a promotion better. Yeah, and it's just like, ugh. You know, I, I'm not trying to change anything anymore or trying to hold on to anything. I'm like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm in the, mm-hmm. I'm on my way out anyway. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not looking to keep doing it that much, and right. you know, and I haven't been, and mm-hmm. I just uh, go with the flow. So, um, you know, well, so actually, some of the guys that are my age, you know, might yeah. be like really trying to trying to restore their values. Trying to keep, the, yeah, trying to keep out there. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Just pay me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, a, well, I have a few actually. So, so some this is the, it's kind of like an ongoing uh, joke sometimes, or was for a couple of years that 
you would just make these random returns to WWE. Like, you would just show up at, like, a Royal Rumble or then, like, what was it, the a couple years ago, like, you were having pay-per-view matches with Cesaro for the for the belt and or, um, what's his face, uh, Barrett. What, bad news Barrett like you just randomly show up like how would that work would you would they just be like hey Rob you want to come and you know we need you for a few things and you just is that something that's still open to you today or are you just kind of are you over with that <clears throat> so uh, it, it may have come across like that yeah but uh, w- when I left WWE after finishing my contract in uh, 2007 yeah yeah um, I needed to disconnect, you know, so I, I needed that. I was burnt out on the monotony of traveling, all, everything. And um, I did one return at uh, at the Royal Rumble. Royal it was Rumble. 2008. Yeah. yeah. And besides that, the other two were actually contracts with a beginning and an end. So I had, uh, when I made my big return in 2013, 14, um, I. It was fourteen, right? Was well, there was one was where you came in for the Money in the Bank. Yeah, that. So that was a ninety-day contract. I had oh. sixty-six matches in ninety days. The next year, um, when I wrestled Cesaro on SummerSlam, but I don't know yeah. if they showed it. Um, that that time, my I, I signed like a, a five-month deal that had like eighty-eight matches. So I knew, and they knew when I was leaving. To the fans, it yeah. seems like I'm just like I would just come and go. And then there's rumors every pay-per-view yeah, yeah. that I'm going to return. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm business, and right. unlike every other wrestler that that I hear talking about this discussion, I don't feel that I have the addiction. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that uh, I don't yeah. miss it at all, yeah. and um, it's it's cool to do, it. and I still do it sometimes, you know, but yeah. um, maybe like. 10 matches a year or something but what i do now are very selective which means yeah. way less work for mm-hmm. way more money than than being <laughs> the out there do, for yeah. 200 days a so year yeah, it's very smart let's talk about ecw for a little bit uh that is a company that you were one of i mean at the end of the company you were the biggest star in the company uh hands down um but you sort of helped it grow from being this sort of niche regional thing that i'd heard about i was in college in pittsburgh in the early 90s and like you hear stuff like oh some pay-per-view ecw extreme chapter wrestling like you're like what's that because i hadn't heard of it and then you see you're like oh wow that's crazy um and you sort of helped elevate that company and take it into this sort of behemoth in the industry and then they ran into money problems and got bought by wwe ultimately but what was that run like in ECW? Like, how did it start off? Did you know this was going to be something that was going to be like the next big thing in wrestling? Did you have that feeling at that time? No. Um, had the hope mm-hmm. the entire time. But um, I have, by that time, I think I've already learned to assume the skeptically optimistic role of mm-hmm. uh, I believe it when I see it. So yeah. I remember when it was growing, seeing it go from 200 people, you know, to uh, 500 people and 1,000. But um, everything was, was, was like I said, you know, oh, we're going to have action figures. Okay, we'll see. Boom. Hey, we got action yeah. figures. <laughs> you know? Oh, we're going to have our own magazine. Yeah, I believe. Oh, wow, look. They had, I'm on a cover each They had their own video games. Yeah, were video there, games, uh, pay-per-view. All of it was just like talk, talk, talk. Boom, but because yeah. like everyone that I 
became a huge fan of in wrestling as an adult. Like as a kid, you know, I liked the Macho Mans and the the Hogans and all that stuff. But as an adult, when I got back into wrestling when I was, you know, in my 20s, um, they were all people that were either in ECW or had been in ECW. Like it seemed like that was sort of what I was most attracted to because it was like, you know, you and Mick Foley and the Dudley Boys and Raven and Rhino and Chris Benoit and like all the guys that I thought were really bringing something more if to the ring. Have you thought about just being a therapist? Giant. <laughs> 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 I don't know. But it's like, in that league, you guys weren't just about like, hey, we're a bunch of really big dudes who move around slow, which is what the WWF was to me at the time. You know? Like, you actually got in a lot of trouble. I, I like, not in a lot of trouble, but you got a lot of flack when you joined the WWF or WWE, right? When you joined the WWE, Oh, that was, was, was that was that was black, but I got yeah. this new toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was like, there's a, what something I something I read uh, was that when you joined the WWF, your style was so extreme that you were uh, like a lot of people were getting concussions, and you were you oh were, right on you were yeah. kicking a lot well, of people's ECW's asses. ECW is known for things a, like Singapore cane matches, Chinese Taipei death yeah, matches. Yeah. Like yeah. they have matches where Just there's like, like scaffold matches in the with tables on the ground. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah. Was, I mean, I, there's videos you can look up on YouTube of some stuff. I, I still have watched ECW I've, DVDs. I've seen, I've seen it. It's, it's insane. It's insane. I mean, I don't know how Terry it's Funk extreme. is still alive from doing some of the stuff he did with you. Terry he wasn't Funk even around all wrestled. that long. Yeah. The ECW wrestlers alive. really were, um, you had to be tough. You yeah. know what I mean? You couldn't be just like a total pussy or, mm-hmm. or you wouldn't, you'd wrestle. <laughs> how is Spike Dudley alive? Dude, how is that possible? So, he was, I used to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Like I remember, he's like my size. I remember, like when, yeah. like every night when I'd wrestle him on the loop, I would do this thing where um, I would start throwing chairs into mm-hmm. the ring. You know, I'd go around, yeah. around and get all the front row. You know, and just start throwing, <laughs> make a big pile of chairs in the ring, and then I would come. <laughs> we got to fix that. Yeah. And then I would, then I would come, uh, and I would take Spike, and I would just like throw him, and he'd land right on the. Crack on this, you know, on that pile. Sometimes I'd get up and frog splash him on that chair. He's, like, got that, be- he's got the be- he's that. Got the the, he's the got the best. That was his deal. He's got the best part in Beyond the Mat where he's like quoting Shakespeare, but he's bleeding the whole time, and he's just <laughs> oh, covered yeah. in blood because he's he's a tough guy, man. Yeah, ECW definitely um, set a lot of standards and uh, changed the business, no doubt about it. We yeah. weren't getting as much exposure, mm-hmm. so the WWF was allowed to. Use a lot of our storylines or ideas yeah. and come across like they were the first ones to do it. Yeah. Uh, we felt at the time like we were very much um, uh, the victims of mm-hmm. uh, you know someone uh, of robbery of theft. But yeah. n- but looking back at it, I'm almost positive that Paul was giving them all of those ideas and mm-hmm. probably writing for them. And he worked both sides the whole time yeah. and Correct. said they're the enemy, they hate us. And then at the same time, it's like, well, then how are you using some of their talent and bringing down yeah. Furnace right. and Profit like, and Scorpio? I remember when Taz and- went up. And then he won a title, and then he came back to lose the ECW title. Oh, right, yeah. After he had already been in the WWE for a little bit. That was interesting times, And it yeah. was like a, a whole little thing where there was a crossover with that. Um, one of the things I loved the most about ECW was Joey Styles. To me, like that announcing style is one thing that I really – I mean, just hearing me the too. guy say, oh, my God. Oh. It was, oh, my God. Like, you know, and he yeah. did that for right, like a minute. Yeah, 
Yeah. It just sort of added to Wait, the Wait, hang on. I got to get drama. I got to get you on I got to get you on video saying that. <laughs> get me on video? I can't do a good joke. So ex- he's so wait, expressive wait, wait. for right, a straight man. So so t- tell us again, tell us again. The great Joey Styles, the greatest wrestling announcer of all time. Yeah. Uh he used to his big catchphrase was, "Oh my god." Something like that. <laughs> kind of like that. I can't really do it. But a time that I remember when he did that was when uh, it was nearing the end of that run. You come out to Los Angeles to do your first West Coast pay-per-view. I was in the audience at the Olympic Auditorium to watch you debut the Van Terminator. Yes. Scotty Anton, you get a Van Terminator. <laughs> what, now, what, what was a Van Terminator? Um, this is... It was the Van Daminator off the top rope, basically. It was, it was a van with the Terminator painted on it. <laughs> Uh, so, Stephen, like the the nature of extreme championship wrestling was that we they it was about pushing the envelope. The first time I was at an ECW show in Philadelphia, watching uh, from backstage, I was like, I couldn't believe the reaction they got out of the crowd, the things that they did, mm-hmm. and I was like. Oh my God! Like that was such a. These fans had such a great time. They blew their whole nut. Like there's like there's no way they're gonna be able to top this. And then like three weeks later, we come back to that same building. They would top it every time. Now this time, same kind of buildup. You know what can they possibly do? Boom! The lights go out. What a feeling that was. It's you don't know what's going on. They never do lights that anymore. Out. The lights never just go out Dude, anymore. During those times, though, I learned how to always you know take it a step further. So I came up with the Van Damme not even knowing it was going to be so well received and be a, a finishing move but yeah. I would I was like um maybe I could throw the chair up and do a jumping spinning back kick into someone's face and then after a while it would be like uh my manager Fonzie would uh I'd throw it to him and he would throw it to them we called that hot potato mm-hmm. and I'd kick him and then I would crotch the dude on the rope and I would jump off the top rope Fonzie would hold the chair over guy's face hey now I'm on the mic there you, you told me to get closer. up on this motherfucker and then uh, I would uh, and then you know I would try to get a, get him crotched on the rope, my opponent further and further and further, so I could get my jump more and more airtime. And then eventually I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna clear the ring. The Van Terminator yeah. was that. I build, a big build uh, build up, hyped up move that it's no one no one had ever seen. Yeah. Oh my god, the whole crowd, amazing! It was, dude. This was a really good moment for in my career because the whole crowd in the Olympic we Auditorium is chanting yeah. Terminator. And they didn't even know what it was. They were just like, they, but I, they knew it was coming because I did the Van Daminator. I did the Five Star Frog Splash. That's when I would usually pin them. But this yeah. time, I'm like, you guys want this? And I had uh, Scotty Anton. He's a uh, um, down, and he's in the corner. Um, and I came from a different corner uh, and cleared the, the, entire, the entire ring. Of the ring. It's yeah, like coast to coast. On a jump. Wow. Boom, and then drop kicked him, and then uh, um, and then later. Uh, Paul gave that to Shano, Shane McMahon, and he and he put a a, a trash can in. So you yeah. don't have to go quite as far, but um, yeah. no, he hits the trash can. But they call it coast to coast. So the whole time I was in WWE, people were doing your moves. Um, the yeah. the agents would call it coast to coast. I'm yeah. like, I don't do coast to coast. Yeah. That's Shano's move. Yeah. But um, mine has a chair. Yeah, and then and then in WWE when I would do the Van Terminator, I didn't have Fonzie to hold the chair yeah. over their face. So again, I took it another step further, elevated it. I did uh, what technically would be uh, a skateboard Van Terminator, which means I have the chair in my hand, climb the climb the ropes myself, and then after balancing on the top rope and jumping all the way across the ring. 
I, I, I place said chair <laughs> underneath my feet to kick into my opponent's face. So it, it's, it's fun challenging yourself, which I don't mm -hmm. do as often because I don't have yeah. to anymore. And at that pay-per-view, yeah. I was there in the upper deck, and sitting right in front of me with upper deck seats was John Cena. No because he was wrestling in UPW in right. Anaheim at the time. And I used to yeah. go down there and watch him when yeah. he was known as the prototype. And he was yes. probably 75 pounds lighter back oh then. Oh, my God. That's and so he worked, crazy. He worked at nice Gold's guy. Gym at yeah. that time. Yeah, he was too. a really Did nice he really? guy. Really? Yeah. Because I recognize John him. John like, Cena's hey. actually in a, a Gold's yeah. Gym commercial, like a comedy Gold's Gym commercial. That when I used to work out at Gold's Gym, I would see all the time. And then yeah. found out years later that he was in it. But Yeah, he was a really nice guy back then because like, he would come around and like we were like, oh, you're you're – the prototype and he's yeah. like yeah hey, hey thanks because like we i had just gone with my roommate like two weeks before to go see him at uh uh the galaxy theater in anaheim right. with yeah, upw because yeah. i used to go down there right so when you were sitting in the crowd uh screaming for that van terminator mm -hmm. and then you witnessed what it was were you uh, Went crazy lost my voice not disappointed <laughs> not disappointed <laughs> like the, the things that i wanted to see were that and then the sandman's entrance yeah. To me, was always my favorite part of the Sandman because yeah. it would take them 20 minutes to get to the ring. Right, They'd have to keep playing the song on a loop over and over again. <laughs> you come out to enter Sandman. <laughs> he drank like five or six beers he on, drank his way on the, the way to the no ring. No way, really? Yeah, I mean, before before the event, we, we got there way early. We're standing outside where the parking lot is, where like the wrestlers are coming in. There's a chain link fence in between them. He's like, the Sandman comes over to the fence. He's like, hey, anybody here over 21? Some guy's like, I am. And he's like, Here's a hundred dollars. Go buy me a case of Budweiser. And the guy goes off to a gas station, brings it back, throws it over the fence, and the Sam is just like, "Keep the change," and starts nice. chugging beers right in front of us. Nice. Like he was yeah. nuts. Wow. Yeah, they, most of the characters in ECW, like that, that was us. That's yeah. they, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> there was no stretch. That's how. That's that was our personalities, and we were allowed to really be ourselves and showcase that. Now, real quick, you always hear uh, stories about wrestlers going off together and uh, have you know, you know having crazy nights with fans or things like this like i don't know your uh, your your uh, you can talk it here, but i don't want to be i don't want to be rude <laughs> was, was there uh, any ex any nights that you can remember i mean of of you going out outside the ring with any of these guys and dude it back in the ecw days that was the favorite time of my career by mm -hmm. the way the most fun that I, yeah. I had as an artist i enjoyed making more money and wrestling in front of more people later yeah. on but you know you you but it was uh fun um, i don't think that intensity was never matched anywhere else yeah cool. i don't think cool. the, the vibe it was, it was a one-of-a-kind vibe at that time there's so ECW. many there's so many experiences with the fans but so i'll just tell you like in ecw when i first uh went there in 96 we all stayed at this uh travel lodge in philadelphia that was a one of the round buildings Oh right. yeah, yeah. Like the one off the four hundred five. Sure, looks of course. Exactly yeah. like it. it looks and, and um. So the fans all knew that the fans would would stay there. The wrestlers would stay there. Real, and wait, real quick question. That, that that hotel does that hotel spin? Does it move? Negative. Did it at one time move? You mean the one on four hundred five? The one on the four hundred five. I don't know. I've yeah, never yeah, heard yeah. of that. I've really? never heard of that. I think they may have been moving. When I was a kid, they used to say that that hotel moves in very the, slowly. In the 1994 Northridge earthquake. Damn, I was going to say that. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I, I mean. I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So, so yeah, every continue. night, every night after the matches, it was all like the bar, hotel bar would be packed with the fans and wrestlers. And then afterwards, all the rooms, everyone's partying and drinking and smoking. And, uh, you know, we got kicked out of the hotel eventually, just like <laughs> the Holiday Inn after yeah. that. And But that was a big 
big part of it. In Japan, um, as I mentioned before, you, it's so expensive there, and and uh, we the fans w enjoy taking the wrestlers out to to pay for them just to eat, and, uh, and so that would be a thing. Is uh, uh, a fan, you know, would say, um, mm, Stephen, uh, tonight uh, maybe you me go uh, yakiniku. Uh, yeah, dude, tonight, yeah, I would love to. You get excited, like, cool, I'm going to run up a $200 bill of good meat on this guy. And he'd say, um, maybe you, uh, and, and they're fans, so they get something out of it. They'd say, um, maybe also uh, you uh, bring Katie Forbes. Oh, okay, yeah, bring Katie's. Um, bring, uh, maybe also you bring uh, Bobby Duncan Jr. Like, they want these guys. And, be, hey, Bobby, I got to hook up with a sponsor if you want to go to eat. And we would just eat this tons of meat and drink beer and be a couple thousand dollars by the time we're there and, the, and one time Seb, uh bobby duncan jr and i are, are walking and this old older man uh didn't he never spoke one word to us he saw us on the streets and was like oh oh and he like shook our hands you know and we're like oh uh, and you know uh, nice to meet you but he didn't say one word he shook our hands and then he gave us the you know come here follow me and we went upstairs to this restaurant and we ate shabu shabu and mm -hmm. bobby drank and when we left we went down the stairs he just shook our hand and walked the other way <laughs> Like didn't wow. even. I don't even. Yeah, it was. A, it was what else what he got out? Crazy, That's amazing. Yeah. So, I want old men to buy me food. <laughs> 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 Wish that would happen outside of Cantor's or something. Yeah. You know? Jeez, you're at Genghis Cohen. Just I know. Shake your ass outside. Well, actually, uh, I wanted. I know we got to wrap up shortly. Well, I wanted to ask uh, about some of your outside of wrestling ventures, like with uh, comic books and film. Like I've actually, uh, you, you did a movie with Batista. Yes, a long yeah. time, a couple of years ago, uh, was it other side of town? Wrong, wrong side of town. Yes, sir. Wrong side of town, uh, and I remember that. I remember seeing that, and uh, you have a, you had a graphic novel at one point. Yes. So, I mean, are you still doing any of that stuff, or is that uh, uh, the graphic novel? Although I'm not talking about this yet, and I don't want to be asked by a bunch of other sources to start talking about it, but that graphic novel is uh, being turned into a live action movie. Oh, awesome! Very cool. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Wow. And, yeah, I, the different things that I don't, I just like being RVD. Like I, the things that I do are just part of my life. But yeah. like people always ask me, like they can only relate to to how they would think. So people are always asking, you know, like, um, like yeah, you know, how's that going? Are you getting in the movies or how's the stand up comedy? You, you know, or mm -hmm. how's right? And it's like I just do it all. I have so yeah. many offers. I, I I go through offers all the time selectively yeah. and for different things, and that's how I decide when I leave the house. You know, right it's pretty cool. Okay, a couple quick questions for you. Can I ask one question? question? Yes. yes. If, if you're the wrestling aficionado, yes. how is it that you do my thumbs wrong? <laughs> show us. You know, show us. Uh, it, show, let's see the thumbs. I was doing Rob. Van Dam, I'm okay. doing it wrong. No, 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 you're doing it right now. But yeah. I just, you did this earlier. Oh, and it might this guy was, I was pointing behind yeah, him. Yeah, like, I'm, like I'm bringing in a plane. Right. No, no, no I know how yeah. to do it. For some reason, okay. I was just moving my hands. But no, yeah. I ask yeah. because some people see that different than, yeah. than I do it. Yeah. Like, uh, they do this. And the first one I noticed was Lin um, Linda McMahon mm -hmm. when I was my very newly into yeah. WWE one of the first times I talked to her she said oh it's just I like that when you go like this it's so cute <laughs> and, pointing and, with her fingers and she's yeah. not the only one that's yeah. done that right, like, right. Okay. and I'm like how are they seeing this it's like yeah. the chicken dance and uh, right. <laughs> yeah. the chicken depression and uh, rest of development yeah, just, everybody does it different that's the thing yeah, like, so. like that's the thing as a, as a Star Trek nerd it drives her crazy Zoe Saldana will always post pictures on Facebook of her trying to do like the Spock hand signal hand symbol and she does it wrong and it bothers me I'm like you're in the freaking movies <laughs> 
Right. How do you not learn how to do that? Yeah. Like, it's well, wait, how, you, how would you do it differently? She keeps her thumb up instead of sticking her thumb out. Oh. Wow. All right. And now let's Different go thing. to your questions, okay. dude. A couple questions. Uh, favorite person to wrestle with? Uh, Sabu. Sabu. And yeah. that's because you knew him for so long. He's like, my brother. And we and because we're so like-minded mm-hmm. that we both are going to want the same thing sure. out of a match, both think the same things are You've cool. You've done it together for so long, you know exactly what to do. Probably. But besides yeah. that, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. besides that, we both, uh, because that doesn't have to be, the, it doesn't have to be that it's easy. It's just that yeah. we both... Um, because every match is a compromise. Yeah. You're thinking of all these things you want to do, mm-hmm. and then when you go to wrestle me, and you're thinking you're going to do all this shit to me, I'm thinking, I don't want him doing that shit to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So when when there's uh, somebody like Sabu, like we, we, if if one of us you know has an idea, we already know the other one's going to be like, oh, that's fucking awesome, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. we entertain the same way. What was your greatest match? Um. Greatest as far as um, the display and like exhibition when you look back and you skills. say, if I want to be remembered for one match, what match would that be? Um, well, I, I mean, it has to be the John Cena match. Mm-hmm. That's because um, I was fighting for the whole spirit of ECW, mm-hmm. and I beat him, and I, not only did I become the WWE champ, but I brought ECW back by beating him yeah, in the, right, in the right. whole, mm-hmm. and I proved that there was a a, a want yeah. for yeah. that, which Vince didn't believe. He didn't yeah. think anybody even remembered it. So, uh, and I started a third brand. Like that's yeah. you know, I'm I gonna, so, as far as making some yeah. change, I'll remember that. But for my actual proudest like dude watch this look what i can do rvd versus jerry lynn okay right yeah. on yeah wow. i was gonna say rob van dam versus bam bam bigelow sure because i was there for that in buffalo no kidding and that At the burt flinker burt flinker center a, yeah that was a badass yeah. match cool nice uh i uh i i really appreciate you coming in robin right and it was so it was it was awesome actually getting to hang out with you on that loot crate shoot that we got to do with you and me yes. and Casper Van Dien yes. and Jeff Richards and stuff. Like, what a bizarre, fun day that was. Yeah. We were at, like, a castle. We spent the Hollywood the whole Castle. Day. I've always yeah, been Hollywood a mark castle. for that location, and that was the first time that I actually got to uh, – you know, go inside of it and see their view because I always look at it when I go to the Batcave. You know, yeah. I'm a big, yeah, I'm a big uh, Hollywood history geek, and so when I years ago, um, that was all. You know, everything was like uh, um, a destination for me, and that used to sit way up on the mountain. I'd be yeah. Like, wow, yeah. Someday, like, why is there a castle up there? Yeah. Like that's. I, and I love that. Like when we talked to the owner of the place, he was like, uh, "Yeah, my dad built this." And yeah. I was like, "I was like, why did he build it?" He was like. Uh, drugs, yeah, <laughs> drugs, a lot of drugs. Yep. I was like, Adam, wow, Adam right. Friedman. Uh, yeah, I believe it was built in 1971. So Hollywood badass. Castle. It's so yeah, yeah. Awesome. It was the Kingdom video. If you ever get a chance to check it out, it's very best very funny. view in LA that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, right. Look yeah, you, you were a terrific executioner too. Thanks, I watched dude. a show with you as an executioner. It'd be amazing. <laughs> um, listen, I'm uh, here to how, execute. How do people? How can people find you on the uh, internet? The real RVD. And that's on Twitter and Instagram? Twitter, all that. Instagram Facebook. Well? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, we will be posting this uh, very shortly, and I, I look cool. forward to everybody uh, checking it out. Uh, Sean, where can people follow you on the interweb? Uh, you can find me on my Twitter and Instagram, at AngryHeroSean. That's S-H-A-W-N. Also, I've got two podcasts. I have Worst Collection Ever, where I talk about comic books with my wife. And then I also have I Could Talk Kayfabe, which I talk about uh, pro wrestling magazines from the 80s and 90s with my friend Joe. 
Do you tell oh. people that it's stupid? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the, I'm both just, Great 100%. way to start, by the way. That was it's, it is dumb. I, I, just, I, like, was, I, love I was ready for him to put you through a table. I love, listen, 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 listen. I, and I know, I know we it all... It sounds like a challenge. I love it wrestling did. so goddamn much, but it is the dumbest shit. I Sometimes I'll just watch it with my wife and I'll just be like, this is the dumbest shit I'm watching right now, but I will keep watching it. Is it no. is it because you're burnt out on what wrestling is, or is it because the storylines bother you and you think you could do them better? The, the first part. The first part. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't think I could do anything better. I'll let no. some, somebody. I've been else. there. I've been there. I got burnt out, and that's you know, yeah. yeah. I watch the old school stuff. That's how I do it. All right, Matt, what about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find links to everything at funnymat.com, or if you want to tell me that you think that Rob Van Dam is not the greatest wrestler of all time, you can do that at mattwalkersucks.com. Anybody, anybody not feel like clapping? By round of applause. <laughs> you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N, Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast, leave comments, and share, share, share. Uh, we absolutely love you, Rob. Thank you again so much Thank for coming you, and hanging out, and uh, you're the best, buddy. Right on. Thanks, guys. And have a blessed day. Oh, yeah!